0: This is a HeadGum Podcast.
1: Andrew, they say that book publishing is a glamorous world filled with money, privilege, and three martini lunches.
0: They do say that all the time. Or do they? Oh, no. Now I don't know what to think.
1: If you're like us and want to dive into the messy power struggles, scams, and unfathomably bad behavior within the book world, then I recommend checking out Missing Pages, an all-new investigative podcast from the podglomerate. It's hosted by literary critic and publishing insider Beth Ann Patrick, who spills the tea on some of the world's most famous and infamous book figures. On this week's episode, raw, transgressive, and true praise for hard hitting books made J.T. Leroy the talk of the town. But was J.T. who he said he was? Beth Ann parses good intentions and messy outcomes in one of the book world's most complicated stories and biggest hoaxes. I love a hoax. Ooh.
0: This, sounds, this is a lot of superlatives. I'm hooked.
1: I'm really hooked. Missing Pages mm-hmm. is worth the hype. I mean, where else can you hear your favorite authors, publishing insiders, and a circus of NYC media elites tell the real story, unfit for print and perfect for podcasting. So go ahead, find Missing Pages wherever you find podcasts. Mm-hmm. everybody welcome to overdue it's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read my name is Craig
0: my name is Andrew
1: and my sparkling friend is here
0: beep, beep, beep. my
1: shiny friend
0: is mm-hmm. here-hmm dazzling my I'm dazzling
1: illuminating friend-hmm
0: you got any more synonyms in that in the hat or I see you digging around you look like you've run out of them
1: Uh, I, my brain went to voluminous, which is not,
0: that's, hmm. well,
1: some, some
0: days, am I right? You know what I mean? mean? This is our book podcast. (laughs) It's
1: a book podcast (laughs) where one of us reads a book and tells the other person about it and then you, the person at home or wherever you are, get to listen along and reap the benefits of this conversation.
0: (laughs) Such as they are. (laughs) This week. I read the book My Brilliant Friend by Elena Ferrante, Yeah, as Craig was referring to with his long list of synonyms for brilliant and then one sort of miss there. It was
1: funnier when you didn't point out that that's what I was doing. It was just kind of Mm -hmm. a thing that everybody who got Mm -hmm. it would get Mm -hmm. it, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a book that people are excited about us discussing. I know that Ferrante Fever is a thing that people have been suffering from for about a decade now, if not longer, um, just
0: get vaccinated, people.
1: Jesus Christ. Uh, this is the first of Ferrante's four Neapolitan novels. Usually there's three flavors in mm-hmm. Neapolitan novels. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll discuss which one of those this one is. I'm surprised she found the fourth flavor. I <laughs> didn't know that there was one.
0: As well, if most containers just aren't long enough, like <laughs> n- Neapolitan ice cream does have a fourth flavor and it's pistachio yeah or is it mint i think it's mint but if it was mint st- I'd be sign me up but standard size ice cream containers in the united states at least aren't long enough to include the fourth the fourth flavor that's true you're right yeah which is a big i mean long-standing complaint of mine <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know this about you my mm-hmm. brilliant friend
0: um, <laughs> That's me. This, this is not
1: an author or a series of books. I think either of us are, fami- are familiar with. Yes, I am not. I'm not. No. Okay. Um,
0: I know it's a it's a TV show.
1: They made it into a TV show on
0: old HBO. The home box office. Yes, it became. Well, I guess it's not TV. It's HBO. I'm sorry. I apologize. Ah,
1: and the big thing that folks at home need to know, if they don't know it already, is that we don't necessarily know who Elena Ferrante
0: is? Well, I don't think anybody knows who she is. Uh, Who they are. Who? Yeah.
1: Mm, There have been some strong guesses and some investigative reporting into the Mm -hmm. subject. Okay. But per the author's intention, we don't know who she is. Uh, Um. So she started publishing works in 1992 and I'm pretty sure that like the only thing we're supposed to know about her is that she was born in
0: Naples <laughs> like I think the and we're sure she's been the same person the whole time and this isn't like a boxcar children situation where it's <laughs> That's a good
1: point. Um mm-hmm. I think I think we are supposed to know that it is one person um they were born in Naples, and that sometimes they lie about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, to throw people off the scent. Yeah, very Banksy-like. Yeah. Um, I'm Banky. I'm Banky. God. Uh, so <laughs> they Again, as I said, they started publishing 1992, uh, Troubling Love, um, Days of, The Days of Abandonment, published in 2002 english translation 2005 that is a book that a lot of people i think is one of their first ferrantes very well regarded Mm -hmm. um there's another book the lost daughter was recently turned into a film um i don't remember who directed it but it was nominated for oscars i think it had the woman from the crown in it um things you know pop, pop culture references Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this is the first of the four Neapolitan novels um, about two friends in Naples in the 20th century. Yeah, uh, and I think
0: like the like it's post-war, but not by a ton. I think yeah. So this book covers childhood and adolescence, and I want to say this is happening in like the 50s and 60s. Yes,
1: yes that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so those four books she considers them one long story kind of an 18-hour movie if you will <laughs> of books um so i guess one one thing i'm interested to hear from you andrew when we get into discussing the book itself is like to what extent the thing you read feels like a complete thing what hooks you see could get pulled
0: forward i mean the main hook we can just talk about now which is that the book just kind of ends okay. in, the of it, in the middle of it like there it is there is a there's a climactic event like there's definitely stuff happening but sure it does end without feeling like it's over in, okay. a, in a way that yeah it makes it definitely feel like there's a book to come after it
1: okay okay um the four books I believe, if I have them correct, are My Brilliant Friend, The Story of a New Name, Those Who Leave and Those Who Stay, and The Story of the Lost Child. Uh, The the Story of the Lost Child kind of got the, let's call it Lord of the Rings Oscar treatment, I think. It got her a bunch of like,
0: Got a lot of awards that for the were for the work cumulatively, yeah, and maybe not that specific, yeah, sure. Um,
1: the The story of a new name translation did get an award back in 2014, I believe. Her translator is Anne Goldstein, um, who has done much of her. Translation Do you know work. who she
0: is? Is she is? She she is a person. She okay. is
1: an American translator um, who is best known for this uh, quartet working with Europa Editions. Who is the the publisher of all of Ferrante's work? Oh, I thought that was another
0: person. <laughs> <laughs> Which is because Europa Editions would be a great name. Um,
1: so about this whole anonymous thing, um, there's a couple different like interviews out there. With there's an interview with her in the Paris Review that was conducted by her publishers
0: mm-hmm. because no one else is allowed. to to meet her right and you can't you can't do like reality tv face blurring voice <laughs> concealing technology i guess
1: no I, I don't think that you can um there's also there's a new yorker article from 2013 by one james wood um not james wood not
0: james woods, not
1: james woods <laughs> but james wood Thank goodness um and She it it outlined some of the things she said to her publisher when she first sent troubling love in uh, that she will do no like press. Um, I will be interviewed only in writing, but I would prefer to limit it even that to the indispensable minimum. Uh, Quote, I believe that books, once they are written, have no need of their authors. If they have something to say, they will sooner or later find readers. If not, they won't. I very much love those mysterious volumes, both ancient and modern, that have no definite author, but have had and continue to have an intense life of their own. They seem to me a sort of nighttime miracle, like the gifts of Bufana. I don't know what that reference is. Um, True miracles are the ones whose makers will never be known. Besides, isn't it true that promotion is expensive? I will be the least expensive (laughs) author of the publishing house. I'll spare you even my presence.
0: Yeah, I guess if you don't do book tours and you don't yeah, you don't need anything really that yeah, you get to you don't cost that much. What do
1: you think about the anonymous author thing in general, Andrew?
0: I mean, it's I not don't thing have I feel any... like we
1: encounter a lot these days, which is probably part of the in, in the articles I was reading about her. Sorry, I'm just going to keep talking. The articles I was reading about her <laughs> um talk about the like the kind of cult of personality around someone who doesn't want to be known and like how much should we respect that what is the impulse to want to uncover that Mm -hmm. yada 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 what is your Mm -hmm. reaction to that
0: in general i mean it i i don't have any thoughts about anonymous authors writ large the only literally the only other one i can think of off the top of my head is like that time that jk rowling decided yeah To do what's it, Robert Galbraith, and she could like barely restrain herself from pulling the mask off (laughs) after two books and be like, ah, it's me. Yeah, that's true. Didn't the Ah, Bronte. Let me tell you about who I think should have rights. I'm J.K. Rowling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Didn't the Bronte's publish pseudonymously, pseudonym, Currer Bell (laughs) and Anton Bell and whatnot?
0: (laughs) They did, but I mean, I think there's a difference between, well, Mm, maybe there isn't a, as much of a difference as I would like there to be between people doing it in like the 19th century yeah. because women couldn't do anything, and people <laughs> doing it now. Um, I, I, there's a there's a small difference, but yeah, there probably maybe there are some people who are trying to escape gendered. Like uh, Ferrante herself has a quote about people who insist that. Um, she's actually a male writer, as uh, she told a Vanity Fair interviewer, I guess, in that mm-hmm. um, questions about her gender are rooted in a presumed weakness of female writers. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know, like, do what you want, I guess. That's that's my main response to, you know, whether you want to be pseudonymous, God, ugh, whether you want to be anonymous or not, <laughs> right behind a pen name, if you will. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the, like the inverse of that is like a JD Salinger where you are publicity averse, you write stuff under your own name and then you spend your entire rest of your life, like just hiding from it or yeah. like a Bill Watterson thing. It just feels, it sounds unpleasant. Yep. And so if you maybe, maybe if you already know that that's going to be your response to notoriety, should you happen to gain it? Or if you work in some other industry where you don't want it to be known that you're off doing this other stuff, like I, I think it's, I think it's justifiable. Sure. And I mean, p- people are going to try to find out who you are because that's because people love a good mystery. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, mind it. I guess.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Why do you? Why do you?
1: Ask? I just know. I just want to know because I, I also, given our show, and the way that we tend to
0: overdo a podcast about the books you've been reading. Yeah.
1: yeah that one um we typically like to at least nod to what we can learn about the author's life to at least like make some educated guesses about what a book might be about where appropriate or what in their experience they're drawing from we just find that interesting and it's also a way for us to have a conversation where one of the people hasn't necessarily read the book sometimes Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. yeah um and so it's just interesting to think about like well we have this book here where we deliberately
0: know very little like the She auth- should have been thinking about she should have been thinking about how us, dare what, she like you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well and I, I guess like she didn't she didn't <laughs> she should have been thinking about our A block the- when she decided to make this decision <laughs> about being anonymous more just this book and these books in particular
1: sound like they are and i was reading there's a new york times article about a, a writer taking a tour through naples like after these books had come out and like people uh-huh. in naples being like this really represents us it's not it's not a postcard of naples it is like actually from someone who clearly lived here and lives here and, and knows this town and whatever um and i feel like normally we would have some interesting we we would read in a lot of that based on what we have learned about the author elsewhere. And I'm just interested when we talk about what's in the book to just like, we don't get to know about her in the same way as we get to learn about whoever else we might read, you know?
0: Well, and and, and we don't know what the... A what Elena Ferrante like the person behind the the author. We don't know what, how old she is, but that's true. If she started if she started writing in 1992 and she's still writing stuff now, it gets pretty unlikely that she that the, she is the writing same biographically the in yeah, any yeah, yeah. yeah in any way. But interesting. I mean, the book and and we can you know this is probably bleeding into to book talk a little bit, but I I don't think the book really cares too much about the time period that it's that it's in Mm. um i mean it talks a little bit about and in this book about the characters like evolving like awareness of, of history and and how they you know their community came to be the way that it is but it also is is so focused on their like dynamic and their friendship that it doesn't, it, you know, as long as cell phones don't exist, it doesn't really <laughs> yeah. matter too much because that, yeah, when sure. it's happening, yep. I get except in so far as like gender roles are pretty rigidly defined. okay But I like that, that progression happens at different paces in different societies. Sure. So, you know, I don't know.
1: Do you want to, before we take our break real quick, do you want to hear or have you read about the
0: guesses at her? I would, I would like to hear. Okay, I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's laid on me. So in March 2016,
1: so I think like after this, this series blew up, and she started winning like awards. There was like, mm-hmm. like an extra round of interest, and she'd been around for over a decade at that point. Um, and so in March 2016, some university I think did an analysis of a bunch of her works. That led to this Neapolitan professor named Marcella Marmo. I think. I think I copied and pasted that correctly. Mm -hmm. um, Who has said that that is not true? And then in October of 2016, this guy did like kind of some private investigator financial records like digging Mm -hmm. uh, that led that some people have kind of had
0: some ethical questions about. Um, Yeah. I mean, that happens anytime. When, what was that Richard Simmons podcast that everybody was like, "Yeah, "Uh, actually this isn't okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, That led to uh, this woman named Anita Raja, who is a Rome based translator. Uh, And then some scholarly analysis in 2017, That like ran through you know all of her books through a bunch of computers or whatever at the University of Padua, (laughs) uh, concluded that they think it is Raja's husband Domenico Starnone or Starnone. Hmm. Okay, and that is that is kind of where the trail has ended, and in terms of in terms of what I can find, Um, and. There's, as you said earlier, there's like a lot of commentary around this guy's impulse to go digging through financial records to expose who this uh, like lauded female author
0: is. This person who clearly does not want to be yes. found out,
1: and then the and then there are questions of like, well, if it is a guy pretending to be a woman, like, what does that mean? If it means anything. If we're guys digging in to uncover what this woman's deal is, what does that mean? There's just like a lot of you know, people are uh what's what do you do with hay? You chew it, what is the idiom? I Tossing make hay? Make they're making a lot of hay <laughs> out of this. And I think
0: you make it. I think there's hay, hay to be
1: made here, but um
0: people have a lot of feelings about it. Yeah. So that's all I got. That's fine. I mean as I it is interesting that Ferrante, I mean, Ferrante has this whole thing where, like, once a work of art is out there, it, do, it doesn't really matter she's who did really it She's really leaning into that, yeah. And I, I think, like, fundamentally we disagree with that premise, but I also, like, understand, I guess I understand where she's coming from as somebody who doesn't want to be in the public eye.
1: I don't think either of us are readers who are able to do that often. Uh, that, what do you mean? Like you and I are interested in who the author is and how that affects yes. the mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Um, which is also why I found it interesting that, so the guy who made the HBO show, he actually tried to adapt the lost daughter years ago and she gave him six months to come up with an adaptation that she would approve of and he failed. <laughs> and so she Whoa, she okay. took the rights back. And then out of the blue, like almost 10 years later, he got an email that was like hey do you want to make this hbo show Mm -hmm. (laughs) from her and so his whole experience is her writing this like helping him write the script via email and giving him a bunch of notes and that's Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and he's like what am i doing who am i collaborating with i don't know
0: Uh, yeah that's i mean that's interesting as if he'd Assuming that he got verification of her identity from her publisher or whoever it is who who would have been working with her, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there are a bunch of like pretend Elena Ferrante that's Ferrantes the other thing they're doing that I like a TV development. Deal. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that there's an article in New York Times Magazine called "Elena Ferrante Stays Out of the Picture" by uh, Merv Emre that you can go read that has a lot of that stuff in it. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, let's take a break and then you can actually tell me about this book that from written by someone that we will never know. All right, let's do it.
0: Craig, you're my friend. Yeah. And that's why I and what something I do for my friends is I tell them about all the like the deals and bargains and stuff that I'm aware of.
1: Great. I could use a deal and or bargain. Mm-hmm. On a digital presence. Okay. You mean like a website? Is that what we're calling it these days? We're
0: calling it a website now. Squarespace, luckily for you, is a website that helps you make websites. Oh! <laughs> they give you drag and drop tools, beautiful templates, and 24 7 customer support. All the important ingredients you need to make the website of your dreams. If you want to use Squarespace to advertise your online business or make a wedding website like we both did or make a website for your dumb book podcast like we also did, <laughs> here are some features that we like. You can grow and engage your audience with Squarespace email campaigns, create powerful email content that matches your website with your existing products, blog posts, and logo so your messaging is consistent and effective. You can also collect donations using PayPal, Apple Pay, Stripe, and Venmo to support a cause that you believe in. Uh, you get powerful insights into who's visiting your site and how they're interacting with your content with in-depth website analytics tools, including page views, traffic sources, time on site, most read content, audience, geography, and more. And you, Craig, you Me? own all the content that you put on the Squarespace platform. Oh yeah, They offer one-click data portability if you ever need to. Up and vanish without a trace. I've never without done that. Telling your family, Nope. Which is a that's that's how I'm going to tie it into the book this week.
1: I've always I've always been who I am. I've never had another personality
0: mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. website. That's what, but that's what you would say. Uh,
1: though. yep. Check out my website.
0: <laughs> uh, go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com/slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
1: And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Okay. It's, What's the
0: word? It's. What, one, what word did they pick? Mind. Okay.
1: How would you take care of your car if you had the same one your entire life? Uh,
0: change the oil a yeah. lot. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So if your mind were a car. Mm-hmm. You'd want to change the oil.
0: Yeah, I put I just like up in I dump some <laughs> ten W forty into my ear.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, mm-hmm. uh, please don't do that. There are mm-hmm. plenty of ways to support a healthy brain that don't involve dumping WD forty in your ear. Um, well, WD forty is a different thing. But okay. oh, you said yeah, you said that I've
0: owned a car for a lot longer than you, so <laughs> Fair I enough. know I know what motor oil. But is But we Thank both. You very
1: much have minds and you we know one thing minds. that can so su- again
0: i've had mine for longer than <laughs>
1: that you can support a healthy mind <laughs> is better help online therapy uh better help um therapy in general i think are very good things for people who just need to change the oil now and again you talk to somebody about what's going on in your life in your work in your relationships uh maybe you just need to talk through a problem that you're facing or a challenge that you think is coming your way and you want someone to talk to about it maybe not the people That are roped up in that challenge. That would always be helpful to talk to an outside ear. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know folks who have benefited directly from services... Including BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com/overdue. That's slash better overdue Change the oil in your mind with BetterHelp.
0: So the thing about this book, okay, is that it's very like sort of blow by blow plot driven in a way where I am a little concerned about b- trying to cover it in a sort of medium way where we get to all the important plot beats but we don't zoom out too far and we don't zoom in too much you know what I mean Oh
1: sure okay because there's a
0: you know it, it it's it, it's about uh, it's about these two. Uh, girls, uh, Elena and uh, is it be Lila or Lila or Lila? L- 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 L-
1: let's say Lila. Let's say Lila. It's probably Leela.
0: Rafaela is her full name. Rafaela,
1: Leela. I'm gonna say Leela. Okay, I've not watched the HBO Lila. show, so let's say Lila.
0: Okay, <laughs> it's gonna bug a lot of people if we got it wrong. But okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, what how did that sense even start? I got distracted by my pronunciation. Elena garbage.
1: and Leela uh, are friends, mm-hmm. there's are two friends. girls in the book, mm-hmm.
0: so it's in, in in a way that I think is true to childhood and adolescence, like every single. Thing that happens to them is something that Their entire lives potentially turn On oh heck yeah I remember that feeling (laughs) Every every time you briefly Become friends with somebody and then stop Being friends with them every time A boy is like briefly interested In you but you're not interested in him But he's interested in your friend Mm. Or you've got two People who are sort of crushing On the person at the same time like pretty Much every test that you take in school like Every single thing in a very granular way you remember and it's described in this book.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: Um which I'm not which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I'm just saying for like purposes of of talking about it with somebody who hasn't read it would be difficult. I want to make yeah, I want to make sure I go into enough detail but not too much detail.
1: This kind of gets into um yeah, some of the reviews I read were like the beginning of this book didn't feel quote unquote plot heavy. It just was like kind of adolescent vibes. And yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and yes, there are events and things that happen, but it's just like things that happen to characters that teach you and them about themselves. Mm-hmm. So what is what is their deal in the beginning of the book?
0: Well so the 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 frame of the of the whole book and I assume of the whole series is that Elena, as an like oldish woman, like I think she's supposed to be in her sixties. Okay, um, is called by Lila's son, and Lila says she's she's gone. Do you know where she is? Oh, and Elena thinks to her, like asks the son, well, can you, is there anything in her closet? Like, is there any sign that she ever existed? And her son goes and looks around and he's like, no, her clothes are gone in the closet. She cut herself out of all the photos in the house. Like it's as if she never existed. And Elena is thinking to herself, oh, this is a thing that she has talked about doing oh, to me. Before.
1: Whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, she
0: doesn't tell the son about that. She's just like, hey, don't call me. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> But she decides that she's going to sit down and, and write everything that she remembers about her friend. Oh. okay. And that's the and that's the book is just like learning about their childhood from one person from pretty far in the future.
1: Okay. So so it's like confined to Elena's memory.
0: Yes. And okay. and point of view, which is one of the things I find a little I don't know if wearing or limiting is the is the word I did Generally enjoy the book a lot But I Everything so okay here's the dynamic Between them is Leela is sort of a free spirit Mm. Type like a dharma type And Elena is the Greg Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Who is a little more A little more buttoned down a little more like Achieving in academia Um, But they are two girls Who find something In each other that that like resonates, but they also don't necessarily always have like super deep conversations about exactly what they're feeling at any given time. And so there's a lot of like sort of unspoken uh, competing between the two of them. Mm. Um, like that, there is the, I think the biggest thing in the, the biggest like difference between the two of them in the book that, that a lot of the plot points turn on is most people in this, small like sort of poorish town on the outskirts of Naples like most people in this community do not continue past like elementary school okay and a lot of them speak in a in a it's in in the book it's translated as dialect
1: sure um
0: but it's a sort of a local language not italian and not everybody knows a lot of italian or speaks a lot of italian i actually you know i don't i don't know the extent to which that still like persists in Italian communities. Now I'm sure there's still some local dialect that exists like separately from Italian as, as a language, but Italian is sort of seen as a more academic, more like upper crusty sort of thing. And then if you really want to yell at somebody who lives down the street from you for doing something stupid, (laughs) you do it in dialect. Okay. (laughs) Um, but Elena keeps going to school, like continues into middle school and then high school because I mean, initially because she wants to impress Leela, but then eventually gradually because she discovers that she's kind of good at it on her own. And then like discovers things about it that she likes. Um, She's just like into it. Yeah. She's just kind of into it. But I feel like her, the, the limit of her perspective is that she always seems to feel like she's trying to impress Leela and Leela is like ba- barely paying attention to, to what Elena is trying to do to impress her. Like to, to the extent where, you know, they're both getting to be like 15 and 16 Leela is entered into a, into a, like a, a, an engagement that's going to become a marriage and we can talk about all the other personalities in a little bit, but she's doing this while Elena is still going to school and has only more school to, to look forward to. And she's, she's praised by her teachers and she's kind of at the top of her class and she's, you know, doing very well by the measures of, of academia. But is feeling increasingly alienated from like her the, the community she grew up in and Leela, who like was originally sort of an academic rival but who has not been to school in quite some time. Um and it's it's a combination of like inferiority complex and like why do you care so much what this this other person who barely seems to give you the time of day cares about. Yeah. You like, like why does your entire life revolve around this person. And it's just, it's a very complicated friendship. Yeah. But that's the, I'm sure if you got the same book from Lila's, Lila's perspective and I'm not, I don't know if you get her perspective in later books or not, but it does feel like you'd probably hear some of the same things about Elena, like Elena sort of being mysterious and unknowable and always like Lila always trying to do stuff to impress Elena. And, but, but, does that does that make it sense? Does, like, no. It does. No. In 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 this book, it feels like it feels like a, a very one way street. The vast majority of the time. Well, and, that, and it does. It's a little. Th- the word I want to go for is like "samey" or something. It's just a. It's a little. It's a. Hmm.
1: Is it hard? You just feel like it might not for you as the reader. It ne- didn't necessarily sustain itself through the whole book as like an interesting you wanted a shift or you were interested in more information than Elena could give you.
0: Well, or just, or just maybe it's a thing where I need to read more of the book and they, and they do get closer together again as they, as they age. I'm sure that's what, like you, you don't, you're not somebody's emergency contact at age 60. If you weren't like close friends with them again at some like post childhood point. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. It's so like obviously they stay in touch, but their li- their lives are very different. And as the book ends, Elena's sort of is having these these internal revelations. Like, why do I why do I still hang out with all these people? Why am I still listening to what my mom says? Or why don't I just hang out with these other people at school who can relate to me on a deeper level and and have had more of the experiences that i've had like why why am i why am i bothering with this and i'm sure it comes back around to make her and lila close again but
1: well that yeah that's that's a like interesting thing where the i could see how the limited perspective definitely prevents the book from doing some things but then just like kind of reinforces the premise of the book, which is like, you have limited information on who you have these relationships with. And so then you find yourself wondering like why you have them because you can't, you know,
0: (laughs) the flip side of this is like, as somebody who struggles with a certain amount of inferiority complex in like most ways, (laughs) I think, if when you're in a character's head and the character is sometimes like I don't know why this person who I'm friends with ever wants to hang out with me and I'm like terrible and they're gonna discover that I'm terrible and they're probably only hanging out with me to <laughs> because they out of some sense of obligation and they don't actually like being around me at all. Like it's it's a to feel like a friendship is one sided. It's a bad feeling. It's a bad feeling, but it's also like it's it's a feeling that I've I'd have I have had and to have sure, a lot sure. and have struggled with. And so I do like I recognize elements of that in it too. So it's just it's it's very it's it's complex and it's interesting. I don't think it's bad. It's just sometimes you do want to hear from somebody else to, to get a better read on like what is what is real and what isn't, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, I, I But what if you don't al-
1: get to know what is real and what I isn't? I know, but like, lady doesn't man.
0: feel, she doesn't feel in any way like a, you know, your, your classic like unreliable narrator. Sure. Ex- except insofar as like any one person's point of view is going to have gaps in it. Yep. Yep. Or yep. like limits to it. Yep. Sure. And so that's, and that's what her deal is. Okay.
1: Um, Can you tell me what in the book is depicted as like the genesis of their friendship? Is that do we get an inciting incident? Do we get them at like age ten and they've always been friends for as long as they've been conscious? Like, do we get a an explanation that you remember? It's a it's
0: a, it's a little bit of just Leela being attract and and not not attracted in a what was the you you published that emoji list of the books that we were gonna read in August and somebody yeah. had a really funny guess for what this the, one was. was do like you remember
1: it? It was the like light bulb the Italian light bulb lesbians or something. <laughs> Cause the emoji <laughs> is like two women holding hands. And, uh, I put, put it next to a light bulb for brilliant and, uh, an Italian flag.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Italian light bulb
1: <laughs> But I think what you're saying is like, this is not a romantic relationship. No, that it's the not, girls like, the, have, even though
0: the there have. are, there are small like hints of that, in places, I don't think that's meant to be the, the thing we're supposed to be reading sure. in the book. okay. But, but, like, so they're just kids in this very dangerous neighborhood, and it seemed, they seem to relate on a, on a similar level in school, because, and, and Leela in particular is like, she's just like really smart, she knows how to read, she kind of taught herself um, but she's also sort of scrawny and, and nobody really likes her. And there's something, just something about that that makes Elena like Leela. It's just sort of an opposites attract sort of situation sure. almost, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they have, you know, Lila writes like a, a little story that Al- Elena really enjoys, like Elena is doing poorly in school, but starts doing better partly because she wants to impress Lila and feel, you know, make, she wants to feel like, a, like Lila thinks that she's cool basically. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and they have, and they have this one little like misadventure where they like drop each other's dolls down a grate in the street basically. Uh. And then they convince themselves that like a local mobster guy like took them and they go up to this mobster guy's house and they are like, give us our dolls back. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I like your spunk. Here's some money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. Um, but and, and it is my understanding
1: that like, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong. Does that guy come back later
0: and is part of the plot? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Or like his family is back later okay. and is part of the plot. Because like, it's, it's a small it's, town. Cause well, and he dies. Like he is, he is killed by somebody, and then somebody is framed for his murder. And like Leela I think is the only person who oh dang, who guesses or thinks that his murderer wasn't the person who everybody says that it is. I thought
1: that was just going to be a little slice of life anecdote. We weren't no, it's not a little
0: slice of life anecdote. Like there is some class stuff going on. Okay, this this town is very much run by like a couple of richish families like yeah and everything and everything that happens in the book is like revolves around those two families in addition to this relationship between elena and lila okay um but yeah there's this description early on in the childhood section that i just think is is very like i i i think it's really it it really illustrates the dangerousness of the era (laughs) oh sure um so it's talking about uh the a teacher in their class, like Lila's played some prank where she's uh, dip little pieces of paper in ink. And then she's th- wadding up the little pieces of paper and throwing them at people and getting ink all over everything. And the teacher goes to, you know, discipline her. And she, 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 Uh, The teacher stumbled, it wasn't clear on what, lost her balance and fell, striking her face against the corner of a desk. She lay on the floor as if dead. What happened right afterward I don't remember. I remember only the dark bundle of the teacher's motionless body and Leila staring at her with a serious expression... Uh, I have in my mind so many incidents of this type. We lived in a world in which children and adults were often wounded blood flowed from the wounds. They festered and sometimes people died. Uh, and then it goes on to describe many people in the sort of almost trivial ways that they die. Uh, one of the daughters of Signora Asunta, the fruit and vegetable seller, had stepped on a nail and died of tetanus. Uh, uh, the sister of Giuseppina, Signor Peluso's wife, had died of tuberculosis at 22. Uh, our world was like that, full of words that killed croup, tetanus, typhus, gas, war, lathe, rubble, work, bombardment, bomb, tuberculosis, infection. With these words and those years, I bring back the many fears that accompanied me all my life.
1: Huh. So people just like
0: died more yeah, often. Yeah. Of just like really S- casual things. Stuff. And it was also a more sort of violent time i think or, or at least this this neighborhood is more violent where people could get like rivalries between families and people develop and they become these like generational things and people just beat the crap out of each other yeah for reasons that they <laughs> maybe don't even remember so anymore some of the and
1: blurbs yeah. that i was reading kind of reference it as like mafia stuff like crime family stuff i don't know how much of that is in this book or yeah, I mean
0: it, one of the rich families is is a is a sort of mob is, is mobbed mob up in, in a way. Yeah. It's okay. like it's not that that doesn't directly play a huge role in the story. It's just like everybody in this town's kind of afraid of this rich guy. Great. Love it. Oh, awesome. he must be he's kind of in the mob, I guess. Okay.
1: Neat. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so <sighs> what leads to them like growing apart? Cuz you've referenced this kind of like obviously the the frame narrative thing, but like it sounds like the distance between them is as much of what animates the book as not
0: yeah a lot of it is just kind of the the academic thing like they okay. they're just living different lives so there there's this whole thing where it talks a lot about about actual adolescence and growing up and your body changing. And Oh, like I am, I am at one point, Elena says that her body is like rising dough. Cause she just like, she hits puberty and she gains a bunch of weight and she gets her period and she gets acne and she used to feel very cute and pretty. And now she doesn't anymore. And then Leela used to look, you know, scrawny, but then as if overnight she becomes more like womanly and everybody in town starts paying attention to her. And, um, it's where, where's my waiter, where did my train of thought start?
1: Just, uh, it started at them like growing and growing apart, but you started with the education thing and like whether or not they stay friends through that. But then you started with adolescence.
0: Well, so, so yeah, the, like the adolescence is a, is a big part of it. And like who is crushing on who is, okay. is sort of a big part of it. <laughs> okay. Um, but part of what drives their lives apart is sort of lena b be, Leela being um pursued by these different romantic partners. Uh, the crime family is the uh, Solara family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um and and the a couple of the Solara brothers just like drive around town in their fancy car all the time <laughs> and just to like, i guess brag that they have a fancy car. great awesome
1: <laughs> cool guys um,
0: and uh, you know and they are like catcalling people for a little while and they try to do it to to uh elena and leela and leela has a knife and she holds it up to this guy's throat and she's like i will kill you whoa <laughs> I will literally i will literally kill you if you don't stay away from me and something about that interaction leads this guy, Marce- Marcelo Solara to just to think that he's got to have her. Yeah. And I think maybe part of it is like, she's a thing that he can't have and he wants to chase her. Like the, the motivation, because we're only in Elena's head and we only get a limited like perspective into what anybody else is thinking or doing. You don't really explore the motivations for why he is taken with her. I I, I read into it a, a power dynamic thing. But he is, you know, and once he starts coming around the house, um, Leela's dad and brother, who are variously like nice and domineering and abusive or oh. are mostly abusive. Most of the men in this book are just wicked abusive and it sucks. Yep. Uh just like physical violence, psychological violence, all like Leela's dad throws her out the window of the house one time. Ooh. It's just bad. It's a bad scene. Anyway. <laughs> He starts, uh, the, uh, Marcello starts coming around the house and is obviously interested in Lila. And she is under a lot of pressure to accept this engagement and just, and be married to him. Mm. Um, but then there's this other guy, uh, Stefano, who sort of runs the, his family, sort of runs the local grocery store. They're about as well to do as anybody gets. They've they've got money and resources in a way that other people in the community don't have. Like he sort of endears himself to Lila a little bit. He uh, Lila's uh, dad and brother both like repair shoes, but the brother in particular has a has has grand plans for like designing and manufacturing his own shoes and, and developing sort of generational wealth by pulling himself up by his own bootstraps. And, and Stefano starts uh, funding that as a way to endear and bind Leila to him. Sure. But she is, and she, you know, she gets engaged to him and is going to marry him. And so she is on this track where like most of the people in this community, only had a little bit of school and then, you know, basically as soon as adolescence hits starts doing courtship stuff and is going to be married at 16 and, and have kids the year after that. And that's just kind of the way that it's going. And Elena is going to school, learning all this, all kinds of ideas about, you know, the difference between the proles and the, <laughs> and everybody else in the world, like the haves and the have nots and, and, is exposed to this like communist professor who's who is instructing her and um just thinking a lot about like the nature of religion and the role that it plays and civically like she's learning academia stuff yep in a community where academia stuff is not really done or not valued
1: tangible it's not yeah yeah. yeah.
0: And so she is. She's feeling. You know, I, I'm good at this. I started doing this to impress Leela. It's tr- it's clear to me now that Leela couldn't possibly care less about. Even though you know she she is good at it on her own. She develops her own voice. Like people in the school talk about how well written her stuff is, and and so much of what she's doing is to still like even into high school to impress Leela and make Leela think that she's smart and like aspire to this version of, of Lila that she has in her head. Um, but she's doing it herself. Like she is her own person. Yeah. And I mean, I, I felt like because we were hearing it all from Elena, that my brilliant friend referred to Leela And it's really toward the end of the book where they, we finally get the part of the book where they say the name of the book in the book where Leela <laughs> calls Elena, her brilliant friend. Oh, yeah.
1: Um but are they friends at that point? Or is it- They
0: they are they are friends. It's just they they are on these very they keep they stay in each other's orbit. They keep getting drawn together. They are still like close in a way that you can be with somebody who you met at a really like formative time in your life. Yeah. Where you don't talk as much as you'd like to and you don't see each other as much as you'd like to and maybe you don't even have very much in common anymore, but you do still retain this ability to like, to find the old dynamic or to pick up where you left off, you know? What I mean? Oh you,
1: yeah. Well, and you just like, there's a, Hmm. I'm trying to art, trying to articulate it. I think there's certainly people in my life who, especially given the last few years, I have not seen in a while. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I were to see them or even when I've like exchanged text messages with them or whatever, you sort of like you're not only excited to reconnect with that person but you're kind of re- excited sometimes to like reconnect with the person with the version of yourself that was close to that person mm-hmm. and sure. you're like you're kind of getting to relive who you were or just kind of recenter that part of your personality or your experience mm-hmm. sure um yeah that's a very true thing and certainly is is then made extra it sounds like it's made extra important to these two characters given the town they live in given the time they live in given the abusive men in their lives who are you know making things difficult like this connection is thus higher stakes for
0: them yeah and most of the book is about this connection. Like th- there's a lot about Elena uh being in love with this guy Nino and his like his dad being somebody who seems really cool and great and chill and different from every other man that Elena's ever known. But then he d- he's he not. D- like forcibly kisses her and mm. like boo nope bad.
1: Um I the second he- you said this guy Nino my brain uh, would I've spent Thirty minutes thinking about this character, my brain went. I hope he's an okay guy. Like I, re- like my immediate
0: he see and and she even has this moment where like I don't want to be, I don't have anything to do with my mom. Why am I blaming this guy for stuff that his dad did? Like he clearly doesn't like his dad yeah. either. Um, but she has been sort of in love with him for a long time, and so I, I think later books are going to get more into their relationship. But that's something that he is also in academia. He is part of this other circle that by the end of the book, Elena is feeling like she needs to run toward because, Uh you know, Lila is going to be out of her life. She thinks because she's getting married and she's, she's entering into this different like phase of, of being. And Lila was the sort of link that held her to this community and to the people who she grew up with. And, you know, without Lila there, do I need to or want to be around these people anymore? And, yep. and it turns out the answer is no, not really. Okay. Um. But the book the book ends at this wedding where uh Leela has said to Stefano, like the the one thing that she really, really, really doesn't want is to have anything to do with Marcelo Solara, the guy from the the yeah. mopped up family. But because it's the you know it's the it's the family who kind of runs everything in the town and everybody is sort of indebted to them one way or the other. Like first the like patriarch of this family is going to be like the speaker of of honor at this wedding no. just because he like has to be like it's it's a wedding where everybody's trying to. Dress up and be fancy, which means they. A lot of them are borrowing money, which means a lot of them are borrowing money from this guy. And then when the ceremony is over and they're at the reception, like one, the poorer people are getting worse wine and worse service, and they notice. Oh no! <laughs> and then two, Marcelo Solara waltzes in, and he. T- There's this whole thing that we haven't even really talked about a lot, where, um, where Lila's brother. And and Leela, like they, des- their dad's a shoemaker. They sort of learn the craft from him and they decide they're going to do these like custom made shoes and, you know, do their own designs. And maybe one day they'll be rich and they'll escape their yeah. circumstances. And for Leela that sort of becomes, it's not really a thing that she fixates on anymore, even though she was the, the sort of the creative force behind the the project. Um, but there's this pair of shoes that she designed and her brother made. And it was really like a painstaking thing and a lot of, a lot of effort and I don't know, like emotional capital, I guess like mm-hmm. went, went into these shoes and then uh, Solara walks into the wedding where she didn't want him at all. And he's wearing these, this like first pair of shoes that she and her brother made no. for, like as part of this project. And she is not happy. And my under my understanding from reading like a synopsis of the next book is that her marriage is basically over as soon as it starts <laughs> because because Stefano has allowed this stuff to happen. Oh God! But um, yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't know what other specific stuff I really want to discuss like that. I think that is the, the broad strokes of of what is going on. It's just, it's a book about a very complicated friendship and also specifically about one girl's like childhood and adolescence and her efforts to like find herself and where she belongs. And like, just to, to figure out what her path is, even as it, like, some and sometimes she makes decisions that, to walk down a certain path, and sometimes she's just kind of passively, like, pushed down a certain path by other people and external circumstances, but she is, she ends up where she ends up, and she doesn't necessarily want to be part of this community anymore, and mm. and that's where, that's kind of where the book leaps off.
1: Okay, let me toss a few uh, three-star Goodreads reviews at you.
0: Three star good review. And I will
1: say that by and large, even the three star ones are like pretty positive. People like yeah. this book,
0: it's an enjoyable book.
1: Um, so, first, I just have a quote here from Thomas. I won't read Thomas's full review, but I just love how it starts. Thomas says, Given the hype surrounding this book and how it has the word friend in the title, I wanted to love it. <laughs> anyone who knows me knows how much I love friendship, especially with how society devalues friendship and prioritizes romance. Thomas Preach, my man.
0: I guess, Preach. I just
1: liked the phrase, anyone who knows me knows how much I love friendship. That's probably very important to Anyone who knows me. I'm goofing, but much love to you, Thomas. And he just talks about how he appreciated their their friendship together. Um, Emma said, at the beginning of the book, there was no plot, just vibes, just two kids existing in Italy and being good at school. Uh, but they are but they are just events with no through line. The writing is pretty. The characters are intriguing. The shifted dynamics are present and counted for. Uh, that's my kind of book. Then these characters grow up and fall in love and have a story and kind of talks about like not liking the part of the book where it suddenly had a plot. And that is echoed by Prerna, who said there was a lot to relate to. Um, their friendship is multifaceted. Sadly, the second half of the book left me feeling like I was reading the script of a soap opera and the ending reinforced that with greater vigor. Did you feel it that does, shift it, in the book?
0: It gets a l it gets a little like that. Okay. Like I, I don't know that I would describe it in exactly that way, but there's definitely a point where instead of hearing a bunch of little vignettes about these these girls you know, being girls and then being friends and then growing up and becoming women, like suddenly there's these guys who I have to pay attention to. And there's there's just a bunch of like push and pull and like character development stuff. It does, it does feel different. I don't think I, I think that the first part of the book flows into the second part of the book a little more naturally than, than those reviews. I would, I, I are have saying felt that, that way about are saying other that it does. books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I see what they're talking about.
1: I think that is a natural flow for a lot of these types of books. Like, I don't know, my brain, it is not the same type of character relationships at all, but my brain goes to how something like To Kill a Mockingbird is structured, where it's like, here's a bunch of kind of vignettes about these kids growing up, and then all of a sudden there's a plot that the whole town is involved in. Yeah, and it, it it's that part is slow burning for a little bit, and then it becomes what the book is about. And obviously, this it, it's not an apples to apples situation, but I, I do think that some of these books about adolescence, I'm reminded of Tree Grows in Brooklyn, also a little bit that like there's only so long that they can keep up the structure of uh, childhood vignettes mm-hmm. before they just either stay like what is almost a short story collection or kind of, you know, turn the engine over into something else.
0: I mean, I just, because it went back to childhood though, like I, I was, I kind of anticipated that being the structure in the first. Place. Sure. Like, yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people decide, you know, I'm eight years old and I've got my whole life figured out. And here is the mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. continuous story of my entire life. It's like,
1: yeah, that's how you process. When, it.
0: when when most people think back to or tell stories about our childhoods, I know we do this when we talk about growing up. Yeah. It's like you you look back and it's just like a bunch of stuff that happened. But then with the benefit of of hindsight, you can look back and pick out little threads that were yeah, like the the beginnings of you becoming the person who you are. And then as you grow up, you you know you you install an update and you reboot and suddenly you are. You know, you're out of beta, you're version 1.0 of the person that you're going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that development process was very important. And and there are parts of it that, deeply influence who you are as a as a finished piece of software
1: (laughs) but then you've also just got some like random mp3s lying around you're like i guess that's still on the hard drive now yeah just
0: like here's some old you know here it's 2022 i'm windows i've still got icons from like windows 95 in me if you (laughs) dig down deep (laughs) enough um but no I, i i kind of expected it to be like disjointed childhood remembrances and then those would inform the part of the book later, where they were becoming like teens and adults. Like it just, it just yep. seems like a natural progression yep. to me. And maybe these reviewers didn't find that as as natural as I did, but I, I was not jarred by that transition because it just felt like the way that these kinds of stories are normally I told. I think to there's me, you know?
1: from some of those reviews, it also sounds like it might be easier, or maybe not easier, easier maybe not the right word, but some of the vignettes or little childhood moments are like what people find super relatable because like oh that's kind of something that happened to me oh that's how mm-hmm. I felt about mm-hmm. someone when I was that age and then as the story becomes more specific
0: yes sure it can you lose some of the relatability there's like an,
1: an uncanny valley thing that might happen and often the specific is the way to the universal but you might leave some people behind especially mm-hmm. if they if they have felt a stronger pull to parts of the book hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Interesting, what yeah. what in the We sound pretty smart there at the end. Thanks, like, yeah. Just kind of write. thanks, Elena Ferrante. We'll never yeah, know what, who you are what Well, or or will we? Or but we'll what was your last be. thing? That you gonna I
1: say? was just going to ask you about interest in reading other books. In what you and I have not like done a deep dive in what is in the rest of these books, but like you can just kind of said it, just kind of ended which I think you sort of covered from a plot perspective but how did that feel for you as a reader
0: I mean I we I feel like I have read several like book ones of a few series like I I did the red rising thing I did the like the circle of magic thing where I do feel like I'm going to revisit them but partly because they are you know they're like sort of breezy and short yeah but in this book, I think reading three more that to my understanding are all longer than this one feels like a Mm. heavier lift. And I like, I guess just like given this book, I feel like subsequent books are going to keep ladling out different like riffs on this similar dynamic between them. Like I, I feel like I can between the, 60 year old woman at the start of the book who doesn't know the exact whereabouts of her friend, but does understand her friend well enough to know what probably happened. <laughs> sure. I, and the, you know, where this book ends, which is with two friends who have been close in a way, but have also drifted apart in a way. I just, I feel like I, my brain knows the, the, the contours. Yeah, just like I'm I guess I'm less interested in the specifics. I'm interested in the dynamic and I've gotten by the end of this book enough of the dynamic to be satisfied with it. Yeah, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. I th- I think people who are really into the more like to quote that reviewer, the more soap opera-y like twists and turns of the plot are going to want to know more and and do more, but Yeah. I'm I'm good where I am, I think.
1: Or maybe people who really like find a lot in let me let me sit with Elena. I f- or not Elena. Is that the character's name? Yeah. Um I was confused cuz of the author's name also. Um yes. But like maybe like I just want to like be in a, a headspace with this person that I identified mm-hmm. with. You could just ca- keep hanging out there.
0: Maybe. I'm like casually interested in the TV show now, I guess. Yeah. Like next time I need a new thing like maybe I'll... It's supposed to be pretty good. The, what's fire the it up and name? see what's up.
1: Costanzo, I think, is the guy who worked on it.
0: Costanzo.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why I wanted <laughs> to say it. Uh, go read that story. That's pretty... That's the one I mentioned earlier by Merv Emery. Um, mm-hmm. Severio Sa- Costanzo. Uh, he has been collaborating with a ghost is the opening of that article. Um, well, thanks for telling me about this book, my brilliant friend.
0: You're welcome. My friend who ba- gets to bask in my brill- my reflected brilliance.
1: If you want to email us about your brilliant friends, you can do that at overdupod at gmail.com. Send us a message, uh, especially if you've read some of these other books and want to tell us what you like about them, we'd love to know. Um, you can also find us on social media at Overdue Pod. Thanks to Amber, Carrie, Allegra, Kristen, Catherine, Alex, Courtney, and more for reaching out in whatever time period since I last built that list. Uh, our theme song... just, just
0: like you've told me to stop saying we're back in every single episode, okay. I do think we're going to need to stop referencing retire. the fact that
1: we're actually recording it. Yeah, we can time. retire the bit there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks to Nick Larandis, who composed our theme song. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show? Where do they go?
0: Over to podcast.com is our internet website. Up there, we have links to the books that we have read and are going to read. You click those, you go to bookshop.org, you buy the book, your local independent bookseller gets a cut, we get a cut, you get a book, and you get to support a bunch of people who are doing cool stuff, presumably. Like maybe your local independent bookseller is bad, but I feel like on balance, they're not.
1: So. And you can usually, <laughs> like, choose that too.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the site is going to tell you who you're actually buying the yeah, thing from, fine. so that's uh, patreon.com slash overdue pods, our Patreon project. Get access to our Discord server, where I recently shared an AI-generated image of what I think Tommy Crombie from Wolf Hall looks like. Yep. Uh, and by recently, again, I mean <laughs> most of a month ago, <laughs> I guess.
1: Also on our Patreon, <laughs> um, you can Vote on our patrons choice uh, book for each month by the time this episode will have airs we will have closed the poll for our 97 club movie novelization poll Um, we don't know who's going to win as of this recording we'll find out Uh, and also next week I will be discussing uh, John Grisham's The Firm um, our airport airport boys patrons Mm -hmm. choice. Poll winner. Can't wait.
0: Can't wait to hear about this firm.
1: I honestly know nothing about the firm. I, I know, know that it was written it. by John Grisham.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm excited to bring my knowledge of sort of like legal, show. like if I if I don't talk about the Good Wife like th- <laughs> three times, okay, great. Then it's a failure on my part. I can't I think. wait okay all right everybody thank you so much for listening and until we hit you next week with some more words in your ears please try to be happy
1: The Headgum Podcast.